Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, wedding clashers. Laura brings the case against her fiancé, Zach. Laura would like to elope. Zach thinks they should have a bigger, more traditional wedding. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. My dear girl, have you ever noticed that the human race is divided into two distinct and irreconcilable groups? Those that walk into rooms and automatically turn podcasts on, and those that walk into rooms and automatically turn them off. The trouble is, they end up marrying each other. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do or whatever. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he did not attend my large traditional wedding, though admittedly it was early in our friendship? I do. I do. Very well. Judge Hodgman, I don't feel bad about it, just so you know. I know, but I think Zach does. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to say anything, but... (laughs) Well, then this is going to be a sad podcast. You have to say something, Zach. First of all, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of your favors... Whew, that was a mouthful today. Uh, can either of you name the piece of culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? Uh, I don't know. What, what do we talk about, uh, Laura? Why don't you start? Well, I I did some Googling on the way here. I was trying to come up with like wedding-related quotes and, mm-hmm. and genres. I was thinking that maybe you would go with like a, a Jane Austen type thing, mm-hmm. but that doesn't sound very Jane Austen-y. So... Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's like a classic romantic comedy kind of thing. If you're trying to get information from me, I, I am, am I am not giving it away. I'm just Judge saying. Judge mm-hmm, she's not trying mm-hmm. to get information out of you. She's doing a classic who wants to be a millionaire talk it out. This is the kind of high production <laughs> value entertainment that we offer on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm just going to go along with it and I'm going to go with Martha Stewart magazine. Martha Stewart magazine. Mm-hmm. One of the wedding editions. That's what I'm going with. Final answer, Laura. Final answer. All right. I'm writing that into the guest book, Martha Stewart Magazine, one of the wedding editions. Zach, how are you doing today, Zach? I'm doing very well, thank you for asking. Feeling good about your chances today? I'm feeling extremely good. You ready to play the game? Yes. All right, Zach, let's (laughs) play the game. For an immediate summary judgment in your favor, can you name the piece of culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? Was it A... Martha Stewart Magazine, The Wedding Edition. B, Jane Austen, Sense and Sensibility, and Westworld. I don't know what they're mashing it up with now. Or was it C, something else? Zach, what is your answer? I think it was C, something else. Okay, but I would need you to provide an answer. Would you like to phone a friend, Jesse Thorne? I would love to phone a friend, please. Okay, what's getting Jesse Thorne on the line? How do they make, uh, how does it sound when you're on the uh, phone in Canada? Is it regular or does it go? They only have telegrams up here. Jesse Thorne, you have your friend Zach on the line. He's got a question for you. Well, I don't know the cultural reference, Jesse. Can you help? No. Okay. Friends like this. All right, it's time for you to make your guess, Zach. I'm going to guess 
Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes. Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes. The quote did reference podcasts. Still your final answer? I thought maybe you edited that in, but... I did. (laughs) But I'll tell you what podcast did not stand in for. I'll even give you this hint. It did not stand in for giant supernatural more dogs. It stood in for television. You want to make that your final answer? Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes. Okay, we'll put that into the guest book. And here's the answer. All guesses are wrong. It was actually a quote from the 1962 version of The Manchurian Candidate. It is the main character, Raymond Shaw, talking about marriage. And, of course, Raymond Shaw in that movie is the Manchurian... Well, he is not the Manchurian Candidate. He is the uh, the sleeper agent who has been hypnotized into becoming an assassin for a foreign power in the United States. Uh, hoping to escape from his mother's control, he elopes and marries the daughter of a liberal senator named Josie and then ends up, well, it's tragic. He ends up assassinating her by accident. That's what happens when you elope 98% of the time. That's why this is such a high stakes episode of Judge John Hodge, because Zach and Laura, you are to be wed. Uh, Laura, you would like to elope. Zach would like to have a traditional wedding. And in this very dramatic episode, I'm going to decide how you're going to get married. So, Laura, you want to elope. Tell me why. Um, My reasons have a lot to do with my job. I am an elementary school teacher. And uh, so a lot of my life is just like planning and performance and kind of I do that all the time. So the idea of planning a wedding doesn't exactly seem super exciting to me. It seems Mm kind of like a lot of what I would do at work, but I would pay money and it's really expensive. And uh, also like we're not the kind of folks who when we socialize, we like to have like big gatherings. We usually like to spend one or, you know, get one or two friends together and kind of socialize that way. And, um, you know, I feel like we could do a smaller key thing with like the immediate family present and it would be, uh, you know, more of a memory for us and then, you know, kind of this big to do that would be stressful to put together. Laura, I can really see where you're coming from. Uh, I'm also one of those people who doesn't ordinarily socialize with 200 people at once. <laughs> Well, I don't get it at all, frankly, Jesse, because that's a dinner at my house three nights a week. Yeah, fair enough. You know, everybody's different. We call it a salon. Laura, the classic elopement would be that you and Zach would run off in the dead of Ontarian night. You're in Ontario, correct? That's correct. All right. But you're not native Canadians. No, we moved here a couple months ago, or that's not a couple months ago, this summer, from San Francisco. So our minds have been kind of effectively blown by the Canadian winter. It's not a joke. Welcome to Ontario, first of all. I'm not there currently. (laughs) I only like to visit it. Uh, You're in Kitchener, is that right? How far is that from Toronto? Uh, It's an hour and some change, yeah. Depends on the traffic. We didn't meet when I was in Toronto recently, did we? No, we didn't. I really wanted to go, but we couldn't swing it. No, no, that's fine. That's no no (laughs) guilt, no pressure whatsoever. Well, that's about all the time we have for the Judge John Hodgman podcast. (laughs) All right. So the traditional elopement, Laura, would that you the two of you would run off in the Ontarian night to Las Vegas or the equivalent 
in Canada, I, I don't know, Edmonton, and get a preacher to name you man uh, and woman who are married. And then you would inform your parents later. But it sounds to me like you were open to a very small family wedding or you don't want to be married in front of anyone else. So can I, can I tell you my vision? Yes, I would love to hear your vision. I would like to go on a, take all the money that you would normally use for a wedding. And uh, instead, I think we should go on a big trip and then just in the middle of it, tell our folks we're going to be at this spot. You can come and we'll have a little ceremony and then just keep on being on vacation for a period of time. That for me would be ideal. This is very intriguing idea. It's like an on-the-go destination wedding. Yes, kind of, Like you would be on a trip, you would stop at a place, people could rendezvous with you there or not, but it's Mm going to happen at that place, and then you're out of there the next day. Exactly. And if we wanted to, you know, spend a couple days with folks um, and just kind of, you know, spend some time with them, that would be good. But I feel like in terms of it being something that is for us as a couple that we enjoy, I would much rather like travel with Zach than be at a big 300 person party with him. What is the journey going to be? Where do you start? Where do you get married? Where do you end? Well, that's kind of, we're still working that out. Um, We start in Kitchener. We go to Toronto. (laughs) Yeah. Then we go to Niagara Falls. We could do that. We could, since we're in Canada, we could go to Cuba. That would be an amazing way to keep your family from attending your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I think we would probably uh, have to, you know, kind of, I've always wanted to do Peru. Uh, What's one of my favorite things to teach is the units on uh, South American civilizations. And I've always wanted to see the ruins. And so that would be like a really meaningful memory for me. You're going to go up to Machu Picchu? Get married yeah. up there? People do it, I'm told. I was, I would imagine. And then they collapse because you can't breathe too high up. <laughs> That's another fantastic way to keep your family away from this wedding. That's what you want. Llamas? I may be speaking out of turn, but I attended a, a fantastic wedding. The wedding of uh, Kristen Schaal and Rich Blomquist. Kristen Schaal, the, the wonderful comedian and actor. Rich Blomquist, the wonderful comedy writer. They were flanked on either side by a llama during the ceremony. It was the most adorable thing. I was going to say, I feel like it's a thing people are doing now, where even though they have a traditional ceremony, there are just llamas there. It's Or, you know what's even funnier? Alpacas or vicuñas. Alpacas are mean. Well, I feel, yeah, this is kind of a deep cut All right. in terms of... <laughs> All of a sudden, Zach has something to say. <laughs> well, I'm not having alpacas there. I have to put my foot down. No, I, I will hold my silence no longer. <laughs> not alpacas. Okay, Zach, how come you don't want an alpaca festival for your wedding? I mean, premise is you're a normal person, but tell me what your vision for a wedding is. Please say it involves capybaras. Please say it involves capybaras. <laughs> well, there are many small rodents, but no, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I thought that we were uh, going to get a lot of really great ideas for how to do this wedding. Uh, last year at Laura's sister's wedding, because she had a real proper destination wedding where there were some 50, 60, 70 people. And I thought that was perfectly nice. You know, I, I had a great time and, you know, we could do something similar to that. Where was it? That was in Hilo, Hawaii. Oh, very nice. This sounds like the, the wedding to beat. Is that your <laughs> vision to just redo your future sister-in-law's wedding? Down to the location, but maybe with llamas. 
you can't do that, Zach. You can't go and have a wedding at Laura's sister's wedding site. All right. Well, you know, there's a lot of really great places in San Francisco that are much closer to my family and okay. are very beautiful. Okay. You know, we could rent out um, one of the nicer locations there, or we could make them come here. We were actually talking about maybe renting out an entire Mexican restaurant in Toronto and doing something sort of nice there, bringing out our friends and stuff. Every bride's dream. Every little girl's <laughs> dream of when they pr- think of their wedding. A Mexican restaurant in Toronto. <laughs> That's what Laura wants, secretly. If you're going to get married at a Mexican restaurant, you might as well get married at the best, right? Right. Well, you know, it's the thing I miss the most about California is just really delicious tacos. And Ontario is a wonderful place, but they're not really bringing it taco-wise. Let's take a quick break to hear about one of the other awesome shows here at Maximum Fun. We'll be back in just a second on Judge John Hodgman. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad. And I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team 
putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Court is back in session. Let's get back into the courtroom. All right, Zach, you seem to have a nice picture of a, of a traditional wedding. You want 50 to 70 people there or more? Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know. I, I feel like the problem is once you get to 50, everyone else will want to come too, and you can't really say no. Yeah, you're beginning or, to see the problems that Laura is trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if it's 300 people, then it's 300 people. But, no, you know, whoa, have, what the? <laughs> <laughs> no. We have only one shot at this wedding thing, so hopefully. So. Wow, okay. So suddenly this escalated quickly. <laughs> in any case, Zach, your vision is maybe Laura's sister's spot in Hilo, Hawaii, maybe anywhere in San Francisco, maybe a Canadian uh, Mexican restaurant. It does not matter so long as there are 50 to 300 people there. <laughs> what is important about the wedding to you? What is your, I want this to happen? Since you seem to be kind of all over the map, literally, otherwise, what is the thing that is important to you that happened at this wedding? Well, so Judge, uh, just some context of my life. Uh, last year, I graduated uh, from Berkeley, got my PhD. and um, In what field, sir? Oh, in physics. Very nice. Very good. Go on. Thank you. And, you know, well, with the academic lifestyle, we've had a very hectic year or so. And the process of relocating our life and having all these new friends and, you know, having to say goodbye as my old friends, you know, leave. And uh, this is sort of a very common occurrence every few years in the academic lifestyle. One moves around a lot. And I thought it might be a nice way to celebrate my friends and Laura and everyone who does so much for me in my life to get together and be forced to come together into a party that they don't want to have. You mean your friends don't want to come to this thing either? No, I think maybe just Laura. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so you you miss your friends. You want to have them come party with you either in Toronto or in San Francisco. Yeah, I want to give them an excuse to come out. Uh-huh. Okay. How long have you guys been engaged? We've been engaged since May of last year. Okay. So we're coming up on a year-long engagement. You still have not planned the wedding. We haven't done anything. But we've mm-hmm. moved to Canada. I mean, I think long engagements are fantastic. They, they only become problematic after about mm, three years. But <laughs> is it, this, is a, this is a somewhat longer engagement. Is it because you have a dispute about this wedding? Is this you can't decide what type of wedding to have? Well, I think at least some of it was that after Zach graduated and he was looking for a postdoc and we just had no concept of like what country we were going to be living in or even if we would be able to, you know, be together in the same space. And fortunately, I was able to get my teaching license moved to Ontario. So I'm able to work up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a, a really long period of just kind of total uncertainty of, of what the next year would look like. And so we kind of felt like you can't really plan anything. Uh, and so we kind of put it on the back burner. But now that things have stabilized, we kind of have to actually get down to it and like right. figure some stuff so out. So you were just in transition. It wasn't because you were having a huge fight over uh, uh, Peru versus toronto as a location for your wedding or whatever no 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 and how long were you guys dating before you got engaged if i may ask laura 
a while. I would say I'm, I'm really bad at this. I want to say around six years, seven years, seven years. Uh, but we actually uh, knew each other before that. We went to the same high school, but we didn't date. Um, so I've actually known Zach a really, really long time, uh, which is part of why I feel like we don't need to do this big to do. I mean, we already have all the like wedding, the stuff you get from a wedding we already own. Mm-hmm. Like we got like plates and stuff. Right. Because most so. people are definitely getting married for the plates. That's the whole point. I mean, yeah, I think so. And so, <laughs> and so you know, I think that... Uh, Question. Do you have a slow cooker? No. Is that on the table? Well, at a wedding? Always. Do you have a food processor? Yes. yes, I do. It's a really good one, too. So that's hence my point. How long are you guys going to be in Kitchener? Is this a long-term thing, or you just don't know? I have a three-year sentence. Okay. <laughs> that's a PhD physics dude joke. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Academic joke. Yep. All right. Well, you know, most people feel that uh, the, the wedding is not for the bride and groom or the spouses to be, but for the family. Laura, have you talked to your family about your idea, your globetrotting idea? And what do they think? I have kind of like mentioned it. My parents uh, were, my sister just got married last year. So it was yeah, kind of I like know. This- Everyone is talking about Sarah's wedding, how great it was in Hawaii. It was actually really fun. Um, but I think that they were kind of like getting their wedding yayas out with that one. And we had just gotten engaged. So it wasn't really a, as big a conversation. I think that my parents definitely educated us to be like really shrewish and off the beaten path. So I feel like they would not be surprised by this at all. Um, in fact, I would argue that they they kind of encouraged this. So I think they'd be okay with it. Uh, but <laughs> have you dis- specifically discussed your idea with them? Uh, usually they're, they say, they say, oh, that's fine. Tell Laura, me what you yes or no. Do. Have you specifically discussed getting married <sighs> with alpacas in Peru with them? I have discussed getting married out of in a destination, but uh-huh. we haven't discussed the alpacas or Peru specifically. Okay. And you are what in the birth order? I am number two. No, you're the middle child, all right. Mm-hmm. And the and you have a younger sister? I do. And is she married or unmarried? She's a lot younger. Uh, she's still a university student, so unmarried, but... Um, Would you like me to ar- arrange a spouse for her? The new service <laughs> I'm offering. Yeah, if you got any marriages good, for, for people in college. Any good eggs, send them, send them around. Uh, but no, she. I think she would be really on board with the Peru uh, llama idea. Oh, she's a child. Who cares what she thinks? <laughs> She'd be into it. <laughs> the only thing that matters are your parents. How old are you guys anyway? Uh, we're 28. Okay. You're also children. Zach, your parents <laughs> are alive? They are alive. Uh, do they, uh, are they live together? They, they live they together. Fantastic. They are married. All right. And have you discussed, do the, first of all, do they know that you're engaged? <laughs> they do. We told them. <laughs> but only after it happened. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have a brother. All right. And is, is he married? He is not married. Is he younger or older? Younger. But you, you know, you're, your lawyer counseled you well to only answer the questions you were asked <laughs> as swiftly as possible. <laughs> so you have a younger brother. I do. Is it likely He's that he college. will be married? No. All right. No, eventually, yes. Sorry. I mean, I thought I think meant in the immediate future. Sorry. <laughs> Why did that elicit a gasp, Laura? I'm really curious. Um, 
I don't know. Me and Jeremy are very close. Uh, me and Zach's brother were really good buds. Um, and I guess I was just like, Jeremy is awesome. Jeremy could totally uh, get a partner if he so chose. She wants Jeremy to officiate, actually. Uh, how old is Jeremy? Jeremy is four years younger. So he's 24. Yeah. No, I look, I don't have a PhD in physics, but I can do that math. <laughs> <laughs> do you think your parents would be hurt if you eloped? Well, I definitely think so. If we were to do the strict definition of eloping, yes. If we left without them, you know, I think they would be pretty upset if they weren't there. If they were there and no one else, I'm not sure that they would be as hurt. Let me ask you this question. If I were to order you guys to leave on a journey that your parents, and this is, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Laura, I think this is your vision. Okay. That you leave on a journey that is an announced journey, but you don't tell anyone that in the middle of it will be your nuptials, correct? Uh, that was kind of how I pictured it. I will, It would be a surprise? Is, like, maybe, maybe not. I think that I would want to see how many people actually could come. And if maybe some super important folks couldn't make it, then I would let them know what was going down. Um, but I think that... You know, in my vision, I would like to point out to Zach that all the important people are included. Mm-hmm. And who are the important people in your vision? Moms and dads, siblings. Uh, yeah, moms, dads, siblings. Do you think Zach's parents could go to, just as the most extreme example, Peru to attend your wedding? Do they have the, the means to do that? Yeah. Zach, do you, so. is that true? Yeah, that's true. Okay. So what would you be missing out on, Zach, personally, if I were to order this crazy scheme? Well, you know, for me, this is about a rite of passage. It would be mm-hmm. doing something that my parents did, that all people seem to do. I don't really know why, but maybe you have to do it to find out why. I appreciate the leap of faith that you're taking. Like, apparently a lot of people get married. I don't know why. I guess I'll find out once I'm married. <laughs> hey, that's how I live my life. <laughs> Pretty good. You didn't set out to be a physics PhD. You wanted to be a tap dancer. But you, apparently some people get PhDs in physics, so we'll I give it a try. It was popular. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I apologize. I interrupted you. Well, you know, for me, it's also sort of a chance to celebrate Laura and, you know, all the things that she's done for me. I, you know, I don't think that maybe she wanted to move. Start, starting from... with giving up her vision to be in a Toronto taco stand to marry you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'd like to celebrate Laura's sacrifice. She had a dream for her wedding. We went on a podcast. The guy told her no. And so now she's here. Extra guacamole is free for the next 35 minutes. <laughs> well, also, you know, we have a lot of friends who would want to be part. And, you know, it's also a chance to go and get your picture taken and look really good in front of all your friends and have them be jealous of your life. Yeah, Maybe no, that's I a know, nice thing. I know what a wedding is and what it is for, but... The thing that I'm that has taken a turn for me in this particular case is that Laura is proposing a real wedding. It's just a destination wedding that is somewhat harder to reach. It's a harder destination, if it is indeed Peru, for a lot of people, financially and, and just in terms of travel time. And it's rather extreme. But it would be, I mean, Laura, there would still be photographs, correct? Yeah, yeah. There would still be a ceremony, right? Yeah, the people who cared enough about you to go to Machu Picchu would be there, correct? Yes. It would, in fact, be something of a winnowing. Who are your true friends? 
Is that what you want to know? No, that hadn't really occurred to me, um, but it's useful information to have, right? <laughs> it's all data collection. <laughs> That's the real purpose of Westworld. Whoops, spoiler. Maybe. I mean, I, I, actually, I kind of see what Zach's saying. Uh, you know, like his PhD, there's a lot of people that kind of were in his cohort that we got pretty close to. A couple of them actually are here in Ontario at the same research institute that Zach is at. And I think that I understand why he wants to celebrate our marriage with them. But I would argue that theoretical physicists are not really party people. I feel like they'd be just as happy to kind of like come over and like have a nice meal with us than to have this big giant to do. What is a theoretical physicist party like? Uh, oh boy. Theoretical. It's, yeah. <laughs> you can't see it. You only know it's there. <laughs> By the way, normal party goers avoid it. <laughs> Well, I actually kind of like physics parties because me and all the other, uh, you know, physics partners, like we all have this kind of unspoken bond of being kind of like not wanting to be at the party. And we can all like look at each other across the table and like understand each other in that moment. There's actually kind of a like, you know, siblinghood there. Right. But you do you resent the idea that Zach is trying to turn your wedding into a class reunion for himself? It could be a conference, too. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, no, you know, the thing is, actually, a lot of these folks I, I've gotten pretty close to, and they're they're good people. I think it's just that if it really is about spending time with them, then we should just spend time with them. That's my my position. When would you propose this journey take place? Uh, probably next year sometime. What time of year? Uh, well, I'm a teacher, so probably it would have to be summer. Right. And so, Zach, if I were to rule in your favor, what would I order? Well, you would have to rule, I think, that she has to have a wedding where we actually invite the full family, extended family, friends, rent out a big place and, you know, do the whole dress up. The whole dress up. The whole shebang. But that's not what she wants. I feel like you're under asking here. I feel like you could have gotten llamas. And llamas. (laughs) Oh, you're okay with llamas, just not alpacas. I mean, yeah, alpacas, they bite. But I'm talking to Zach. Zach, you're okay with llamas? I'm okay with llamas. It's not alpacas. Let me go back to the crux before Laura interrupted me with, with oh, a... sorry. Oh, no, well, I mean, look, I'll take any llama distraction at any time. It's an easy way to get me off topic. But what you describe, as far as I can tell, is not what Laura, the woman that you love, whom you want to marry, wants. That's true. Now, I don't mean to be sexist about this, because... I mean, you know, it, it is the tradition that the bride basically determine the size, scope, scale, and location of the wedding, and the dude just kind of goes along with it. That's not fair. I definitely feel that you should have input. But the style of wedding, and correct me if I'm wrong, Laura, you don't want what he describes, right? I don't. I want everybody to be happy. and uh, That will never, be- ever happen. <laughs> You haven't been living in Ontario long enough to have caught that fever. (laughs) I don't know. It's pretty catching. Um, I don't know. I feel like I, as long as it's a celebration that um, everyone that's important to us is happy, I could live with it. But I feel like in terms of what would make me personally what I would enjoy the most, it probably wouldn't be that. Right. How does that make you feel, Zach? Well, fair enough. I'll take that as an answer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Your Honor, I, I don't know if she would really be unhappy. Because you ask if she's unhappy oh. with that idea of having a big wedding? Are you unhappy with that idea, Laura? 
can I do my Peru thing later? Because really the issue for me is that once you spend that money, like that's the, it's gone, right? That's the experience where I feel like, uh, you know, if you spend that money on having like a travel experience or something, it's just kind of a, a more memories for you. I don't know if you know this, but there is something of a tradition of a travel experience following a wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Called a honeymoon. I think what she's asking for is to skip the wedding entirely and just do a honeymoon. And I think maybe at the end of the day, maybe in a few years or, you know, 10 years down the line, maybe she'll regret not doing, you know, a full wedding. Zach. Yes? You seem to know Laura's feelings so well that even though she says words saying, I feel this way, <laughs> you know in your heart she will feel a different way soon. Oh, Judge. <laughs> You know, I love Laura very much, and we've known each other for most of my life, and uh, I feel like we communicate on a level. <laughs> I I know Laura very Watch well. Watch yourself, so, counselor. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, I'll, I'll say this. I think that um, he's right about wanting to skip the wedding and go right to a honeymoon. I think that for sure sounds super fun. Laura, have you considered that if, even if you were to have some sort of ceremony in the midst of your trek, let's say it's Peru for the sake of argument and clarity, okay, that that ceremony itself would, and the party associated with it, because some people would come, right? That's part of the vision, isn't it? That some people would show up? Yes. Right. So if you're traveling for... I don't know, arbitrary amount of days, like five days before the wedding. And then you're going to go off and travel five days after there's going to need to be people on site, getting things ready before you arrive. Who'd be responsible for that? Um, I actually was just picturing that we would make an appointment at a, um, you know, like civil service office somewhere. And that would just kind of all go there together and then would all go out to dinner. That was kind of what I pictured us doing. To a good Canadian restaurant in Lima, Peru. Uh, I, I don't know if Peruvians would do poutine. I don't, <laughs> but I, there might be one. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. And if I were to order in your favor, you still seem, uh, you know, you, your vision is much clearer than Zach's, but you, yeah. but you still seem, um, a little bit vague on it. Like you're not sure that it would be Peru. Well, I think that I would have to, honestly, I don't know if anyone's told you this, but teachers aren't exactly, you know, big balling when it comes to money. Uh, and so I'd have to really kind of look at like financing. And that's why I'm kind of like tenuous on this is, you know, how much is all this going to cost and what could we actually logistically do? Uh, but... So this is all yeah. still pre-budgeting. This is all spitballing. It's not like you've got a chunk of money that you know you have and you've figured it out? Well, I have, we have some money that, you know, is saved that we could use. Sure. But, uh, you know, we might save for longer depending on what we decide to do, right? Mm-hmm. And then drag this conflict out for another couple of years. Oh, yeah. All right. I would like to uh, say to the listenership that uh, the both... Uh, Laura and Zach are adorable. They did submit evidence that amounts solely to adorable pictures of them. It is available <laughs> at the Judge John Hodgman 
page on MaximumFun.org or our Instagram account at Instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman if you would like to see their adorable faces. Though they are both equally adorable, they cannot both be right. I have enough information to make my verdict. I will go uh, into my chambers. I'll be back in a moment with my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Zach, I see here a picture of you as a groomsman in, uh, looks like it's Laura's sister's wedding. That's correct. Are you aware that this looks 100% like a canned iced tea stock photo? That is exactly why we included it, because I'm pretty sure that that's what the photographer planned on doing with it. (laughs) Did you give the photographer all stock photo rights for canned beverage-related images? I actually think it was in the contract. The email that we got from the photographer was so weird. It was like all these really gorgeous romantic shots of my sister, and then just like right at the end as a separate attachment was this picture of Zach. And we're pretty sure it was kind of a joke that they edited it and included it, but there's like a 90% chance that that's a stock photo somewhere. Did the photographer make you also take pictures in business attire, shaking hands, or in a multi-ethnic group, high-fiving? Drinking a Coke. (laughs) Got it. Uh, Laura, how do you feel about your chances in this case? Oh, I have no idea. I often, when we listen to this podcast together, like, bet one way and then I'm totally wrong. Um, But I feel like I have a good shot. Zach, how about you? How do you feel? Jesse, I came in here totally confident that I would win, and I'm feeling right now like I'm going to lose, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of this show is just to take confident white men and crush them <laughs> like Thank a you. car compactor. The judge is wise, and I'm, I'll, I'm confident that he will take me down a peg. Also, teachers tend to do pretty well on this show. Mm, it's true. I think there's a pro-teacher bias. We'll see what happens when we come back in just a minute on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Well, I love teachers and I hate white dudes, so this is the sound of a gavel. (laughs) None of those things are true. I mean, I do love teachers and I love all dudes. 
Uh, I love all people. I'm trying to make everyone happy, and I've just realized that I am just going against my earlier precept, which is a, a true one, which is not everyone is going to be happy. That is part of every wedding, that it is high emotional stakes, a lot of expectations that have been brought to bear on this single day, uh, if you are being married in the traditional uh, Western tradition, and uh, the expectations from both parties of the people who are getting married, familial expectations. It does not sound as though you guys are being married within a particular faith, uh, since no discussions of churches or synagogues or, or mosques or any other place of worship really factored into your arguing. But lots of people have expectations that are placed on them by their religious beliefs as well. And I'm going to say it is an impossible job to make all of the parties fully satisfied. The trick, I think, of figuring out what the wedding is going to look like must begin with filtering out all of the competing uh, desires and expectations of everyone who is not the two people being married and instead the two people being married being very open and straightforward with each other about what they want and what they like and trying to find a common ground between those visions if they are distinctly different. The good news for Laura and Zach is that they are both adorable. They are in a mature relationship where they obviously care about each other a lot. They're not rushing into anything though they clearly have chosen to cohabitate before marriage, which is not the preference of this court, they're doing a good job of it, it sounds like. Right? You guys live together, right? Yeah. We do. Yep. One of you isn't hoarding jelly jars. The other one isn't uh, putting cats on leashes or whatever. No. Maybe we are, but if so, we're doing it with each other's permission. Right. <laughs> you have reserved uh, all of your conflicts to resolve at home, except for this one, the largest, uh, perhaps, of your life. It is not something that this court takes lightly, that you have asked me to weigh in on the style of your wedding. But the good news also is that your the style of wedding is not as distant as you may think. The elopement that I thought was going to be at the heart of this case, I had presumed was going to be a true elopement where you guys would go away and come back and tell your families we're married and face those consequences of making everyone mad so that you two could be happy. <laughs> um, but rather, what is being proposed by Laura is a rather unconventional way of having a wedding, one that I've never heard of before, which is like a mid-journey wedding. And I confess that I am extremely intrigued by this idea. I mean, I honestly think... It's a fascinating way of getting married to travel together both before and after the ceremony to travel to a place to be married and then continue your travels and eventually go home. It has a very, I think, symbolic kind of gravity to it and also would be a wonderful way to avoid all of the responsibilities of having to plan a huge party <laughs> because instead you'll be traveling through Peru. You'd be hiking that uh, Inca trail and then you get up there to Machu Picchu and meet the most uh, important people in your life, the people who would journey to see you. 
And you would have this incredible moment of communion there in an in, incredibly dramatic and sacred place that I've never been to, but my friend Mark Adams, uh, uh, author of uh, Meet Me and uh, Turn Right at Machu Picchu, did. And I read his book and it was good. So there. I've read that book too. I also liked it. Yeah, so you've read it. It's a great book. And uh, Mark Adams is an amazing, fun, interesting travel writer. And uh, and his new one, Tip of the Iceberg, my 3,000-mile journey around wild Alaska, is just about to come out on May 15th. In fact, by the time this comes out, it may already be out. So please go out and check his book out. Mark Adams was the first person who ever hired me to write for magazines. He's a, uh, an amazing writer and a wonderful guy and very funny dude. I agree. Nice man. Great writer. Yeah, good. Thank you very much, Bailiff Jesse. And then, so then to have this moment at the top of the world, and then for you to to part ways and then go on your own journey. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps, Laura. I got to tell you. Oh, thanks. It's, a, it's an amazing idea that I really want to get behind. But that thing's going to be expensive. <laughs> That's going to be expensive as fudge. And you know, I don't like fudge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't know how expensive it would be for you guys to do it because I'm, I'm sure there are ways to do it in a, in a budget way. And I don't know how expensive or possible it would be for your friends and family to actually meet you there. I don't know. And the problem is you don't know either. Like if you had come to me with a spreadsheet saying that this vision can happen, then I would be very inclined to simply rule in your favor and say, sorry, Zach. She's got an idea, and you don't. And let's face it, Zach, you don't have an idea. No, but the Mexican restaurant idea was her idea. I mean, okay, <laughs> you should have thrown that in there earlier. Oops. <laughs> well, within the parameters that I define, that's yeah. what she wanted. So, I mean, what's and, interesting you know, is that, that she does have a much clearer vision of the style of wedding that she wants than you do, but your lack of vision it, it, you know, speaks to your flexibility, like... Maybe in Hawaii, maybe in San Francisco Bay Area, maybe in Toronto or Kitchener, Ontario. It doesn't matter to me as long as she's happy. That's my very kind interpretation of what you said. You all, you also said, she says she wants this, but I know in the future she wish she did it my way. Very, <laughs> I wanted to just say. A very I bad was... thing to say on this podcast. You got you to gotta listen to what people say to you and take them at their word. I was joking. Oh, okay. You should have said that too. Oops. <laughs> you should have said the the Mexican restaurant, the Canadian Mexican restaurant was her idea and I was only joking. Yes. <laughs> I'm really a very nice. Uh, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> yeah, no, I can tell you. You're, you're wonderful. I think he sounds like a real heel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. You also submitted a video of, what is it, you playing fetch with your cat, Rue? Yes. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this episode, after we do the credits and the swift justice, Jesse Thorne will watch that and he will respond to it. So stick around, everybody. But now I must decide between these two half visions, these two gauzy, hazy ideas of what the future might hold for you guys. <laughs> Is it Laura's half-seen hallucination of a spiritual journey to Machu Picchu that she has not yet budgeted out and doesn't know if she can afford or when it could possibly happen? Or is it going to be Zach's half-baked idea of a traditional catering hall wedding with regular dress-ups and reception line and 
buffet and band and dancing and everything else in location to be determined where all of his friends from grad school can also come the answer is Laura (gasps) sorry that is the sound of a gavel and Judge John Hodgman rules but that is not all oh no here's the deal not everyone can be happy and this is going to make some of your family members unhappy but they would have been unhappy anyway and it's also in the mode of the best kind of marital compromise, and indeed any compromise, you both have to suffer a little bit on this one. I am all about this idea of doing your wedding as a pilgrimage. It's a beautiful idea. I love it. I've never heard of it before. It's going to be written up in Martha Stewart magazine, some wedding edition. And I'm going to be using that as a cultural reference in the future. I think it's gorgeous. <laughs> Probably a lot of other people have done it before, but I'm going to give you the credit. This is a Laura-style wedding. Oh, thanks. But when you get to that point in the middle where it happens, Zach's got to be happy with the ceremony. And that means that you have to give ample time and certain consideration to make sure that everyone that he wants to invite to this thing even those uh, dope non-partiers from his grad school days have a, a good enough chance to actually attend this thing. I'm not saying don't do it on Machu Picchu, but you're going to have to be practical about this. You're going to have to plan well in advance. You're going to have to investigate whether it can actually be done, or you're going to have to pick another location that is equally magical to you, but also is cool for Zach and his friends. You have to have a real ceremony in the middle of this thing. You can't just fly by night it. You're going to have to hire someone or recruit someone to be on the ground and actually plan this thing so that when you two wander in, it's going to be ready to go and it'll be a real, a real wedding or the closest that you can offer to Zach in the remote location that you choose. It could be Machu Picchu. I think that's magical. I mean, if you can make that work, fantastic. And obviously in that case, I would not want that ceremony to do damage to that incredible, you know, heritage site. (laughs) It has to be done with respect to where you are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But you have to accommodate, if I'm going to order Zach to accommodate this getting married in the middle of a trip scheme, you're going to have to do a lot of accommodation for Zach here in terms of who's invited, um, making sure that it's affordable for them, making sure that it works for them giving them every possibility of coming if they want to and can. You know, he's going to have to have input into music and everything else. Like that day has to be as much for him as it is for you. So you're going to have to now take a lot of input from him. And you're going to have to, I mean, Laura, you're going to have to crunch the numbers and be willing to compromise on where you go and when you go in order to make this vision work and be flexible If you're going to be inflexible on, I'm going to have it in the middle of a journey, you're going to have to be flexible about, I mean, just flexible with reality as to what you can afford to do and when you can afford to do it, et cetera, et cetera. So those are all of the caveats that I give you. The journey is both of yours, and you have to make sure that that is true in the way you plan it. And the ceremony has to be as much for Zach as for you, and that means having maybe some corny stuff that you don't want, and definitely giving a lot of advance notice as to when this is going to happen so that no one is taken by surprise. 
that would be unfair to your family and friends to come back and say, yeah, we got married and we didn't tell you. So it is not an elopement that I am ordering, but a new style of wet. Oh, there have to be llamas there, obviously. A new style of wedding, <laughs> which I call the Laura and Zach in the middle of the journey wedding, maybe a Fitzcarraldo wedding where you're dragging a boat across the Andes. This is the sound of a gavel. <laughs> Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Laura, how are you feeling? Uh, I feel pretty good. I think that, uh, you know, what the judge said was definitely fair. I'm not looking forward to this math homework I got to do, though. But I think it's practical. And he's, I think, right about a lot of stuff. Zach, how do you feel? I think he cut the baby in half successfully. (laughs) You got to use a cauterizing blade. That's the secret. (laughs) Zach, Laura, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. That's another Judge John Hodgman podcast in the books. Before we dispense our swift justice, our thanks to Nora McCaffrey-Glazer, for naming this week's episode Wedding Clashers. If you'd like to name a future episode, make sure to like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook. You can follow John and I on Twitter, at Hodgman and at Jesse Thorne. Hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets, hashtag JJHO. I always love to see what people have to say about the latest case. And you can also chat about the latest case uh, in the MaxFun subreddit at MaximumFun.reddit.com. This week's episode recorded by Ian Graham at Small Dog Studios in Kitchener, Ontario. Our producer is the capable Jennifer Marmer. Now, Swift Justice, where we answer your small disputes with quick judgment. Ashley asks, within a marriage or cohabitation arrangement, what is the statute of limitations on claiming ownership over leftovers from restaurants? I'm not sure I understand the question. Does this mean, like, let's say, Jesse Thorne, let's imagine a a scenario in which you and I are best buddies who share an apartment. It could have happened in an alternate universe. Well into our 30s and 40s, we share an apartment somewhere in New England or the San Francisco Bay Area, and we go out to our favorite Canadian taco restaurant, and we each order a burrito, we eat half of it, we each bring home our halves, we let the stump marinate in the refrigerator. Is The question is, how long do I have to wait until I eat your burrito half? Yeah, I mean, I think you could also go out to eat by yourself, uh, you know, once in a while, not to brag, but w- once in a while at lunchtime, if I'm working from home, I'll go down the hill to La Beja, which is my wife and my favorite Mexican restaurant, and I will have some, uh, uh, y- you know, there's a variety of things I like to have. Let's say I'm having enchiladas verdes de queso, and I eat half of it. There's some left over. I might bring it home, put it in the refrigerator. At what point is that collective property rather than my personal property? Never. It's yours. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Teresa might want to eat those enchiladas verdes con queso or whatever, but she needs to go to you and say, can I eat this? Absolutely. No. If you put that in the, if you ordered that for yourself and put it in the fridge, it's yours forever. This may be the only child in me talking, but I'm very surprised that you disagree with that, Jesse. I Now, my opinion is colored by the fact that my wife has never eaten leftovers in her entire life. 
Uh, it is one of her most interesting qualities. She's a fresh food girl. Yeah, she is a grazer. She is a committed grazer. So mm-hmm. she will eat, if given left to her own devices, she would gladly eat cheese and crackers and maybe some snap peas for every meal. <laughs> Whereas I tend to hone in immediately on any leftovers that are in the fridge because I'm like, oh, free meal. Yeah, but is she leaving those leftovers and you know she'll never eat them? Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's a contract of your marriage. You know, and you could easily verify year over year, just revisit and go, if you leave something in the fridge, I can eat it, right? That's fine, if that's an understanding. But absent any clear contract on this subject and prior consent, you can't eat someone else's food without permission, period. There is no eminent domain by which... Ashley or her partner can go in and just do a land grab of that uh, enchilada. It's just not fair. It's not cool. You know as well as anyone else does. People who steal food from the refrigerator know what they're doing. They know that it's wrong. Just ask first. Jeez. That's about it for this week's episode. Submit your cases at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. No case is too small. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. (laughs) Why is it sticking its tongue out like that? Ladies and gentlemen, the sound you're hearing now is bailiff Jesse Thorne reacting to a video of Zach and Laura's cat, Rue, whom Zach just taught to play fetch. It's not the fetching, though. It's that while he's presenting the ball to the cat, the cat's going. Ladies and gentlemen, John Hodgman here again to say, I apologize. It was Laura who taught Rue to play fetch. (laughs) This has been a Judge John Hodgman presentation of Bailiff Jesse Thorne reacting to animals. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.